I just remember pulling up into the city, into like the huge buildings of downtown LA. And I just remember feeling like the smallest fish. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to the Dude I Love That podcast. I'm Liv. And today we have a very special guest. You might know him from social media. It is Mr. Cody Johns. Thank you so much for coming on today, Cody. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I like the title of your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I know. I was like, what do I say a lot? Well, I say dude a lot. So we're just going to stick with that. And it's very uh, generalized. So we can kind of go with whatever works. (laughs) That's great. It's very you. So that's awesome. Thank you. So give everybody a little bit of an introduction of who you are, because I think everybody for the most part knows the name Cody Johns by now. But if they don't give a little introduction to everybody of who you are. Oh, that's too kind of you. What's up, everybody? My name's Cody. Uh, last name Johns. It's just John with an S, but you wouldn't believe how many people mess the last name up with like spellings. But yeah, it's been funny growing up and seeing all the different alterations of my name. But yeah, I am a entertainer uh, of all sorts. So I started when I was very young doing theater. I was in a church play, which basically sparked a whole bunch of endeavors into entertainment. I was a part of all aspects of it, anywhere from music to acting to social media. Um, I feel like most people recognize me from the from the social app Vine, which had a great run for several years. And Vine was such a great platform to me. I'm so grateful for it. It's kind of what like uh, got me in, in front of the eyes of, I would say, like more industry and uh, just in a lot of fans, obviously. And uh, what was so cool is we had an amazing fan base of people that stuck with us beyond Vine. And I feel like, you know, not, not many people, um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like we were some of the few people that were fortunate to have a fan base that crossed over to Instagram, Twitter. Um, and then my wife and I happened to make a YouTube channel. So maybe some people recognize my wife, Lexi, but we have a YouTube channel that we started. It's been almost four years now, which is so wild. And when we started, we were like, man, we're so late to this YouTube game that let's just do videos together because you know we both really love working together so we're like I think this will be fun we'll just like make videos of us and then Cody and Lexi turn into something which is so cool and it's so crazy now that I'm doing music this has been my most recent like endeavor since 2016 I've been really pushing my my solo music project so now I've gained like a listening base there so I feel like I'm I'm one of those people that people know me for maybe a few different things. And then there's the random people that know me from like the film that I did. I am number four, which came out back in 2011, which was the first thing I ever did. Basically it was the first movie I was ever in. So sorry if this was so long, long winded live, but yes, I, I I'm a Jack of a few different trades in the business. Uh, and this is where I've ended up now. I live currently in Los Angeles with my wife and my dog. And this is where we are now doing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I actually found you and Lexi originally on your YouTube channel. I'm like, this is the cutest couple. Like they just seem so fun and genuine. So love that. And love that you're being able to kind of venture into the music side of things now. Cause I feel like your whole family is like on the YouTube game and they're just killing it. Uh, yeah. So you're kind of like, it's time for me to do my thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm so proud of everybody because everybody is doing their own thing, which is so cool. Like, it's so great to see like my brother flourish with doing his writing and he did a musical recently. And my wife, Lexi is doing so much cool stuff with acting. She booked a feature film. That was her first ever role. Um, Well, it was like her third role, but it was her first movie, but she was the lead, which was incredible. 
And then you have Kristen, who is a force on her own, like with her brand and, and then Marcus uh, just doing all of his kind of individual projects. And my brother does a lot of cool projects that like kind of have nothing to do with like entertainment. Like he's like a guy who likes to like build cars and like buy just awesome things. And like, he like refurbishes stuff. So I feel like what's cool about the Johns family is we're all, we're all like in the space, but we're all very much individual, which is really cool. And what's awesome is we've, we started to do a few kind of pieces of content together and people really love the four of us together, which we never are because when we're together, we're just hanging out with the family. We're not really trying to film because we just, it just wouldn't feel as real. I don't think, you know, but when we're together, we're just living our lives and we're just having dinner. Like they're coming over for dinner tonight. Lexi's making her famous chicken soup that everybody loves, but it's just so cool that we're all doing our own individual thing, but like people love us as a family and we get to kind of like do our thing and I can like do my music and so many people have recently been connecting with me on that. And I've, and so many doors are starting to open with it now, which is so exciting to me because having longevity in the business is very hard in entertainment. And the fact that we're still here after seven years and still going, it's just such a blessing. You know, we've just been so blessed. It's been great. That is incredible. And I feel like your whole family seems to have this very entrepreneurial mindset. So for you, was that something that was like always in the back of your mind that I'm going to do something entrepreneurial and I'll find my way? Or was it something that you kind of grew into later on? Well, I have to say my, like the first, my first love was always entertainment and like performing. I, I really love doing that. But my dad always taught me from when I was young that he's like, Hey, you have to have multiple sources of income. You know, it was very baseline in the beginning. It was not too deep because now, you know, me and my dad have a great like relationship. He's like one of my best friends and we talk real estate. Like uh, Lexi and I are now involved in real estate and doing some really cool things there. Um, and we're, we're, we're doing some really cool projects. And I feel like my dad has been a real inspiration because ever since he was young, he was always working, first of all, more than one job, you know, like our whole upbringing, my dad actually had a lawn business. So he actually, he always had two forms of income. And because he was a fire chief, he actually just retired this year for after 30 years. And wow, he, that's yeah, crazy. Gets, yeah, it was, it was unbelievable. We went home early for Christmas this year to like, just celebrate that. And he had like a party and I mean, the man put in his time. So even though he kind of had like a fixed job, which he was doing very well by the end, he always was doing something on the side. Like he always had another business on the side um, and he has a very successful teaching business now. And so I feel like my dad was one of the people who really inspired me from being very young. I mean, we always had, you know, lawn equipment, like lawn mowers and stuff around the house because he had a business. And my dad always encouraged me and my brother and even my sister, even Shelby jumped on the lawnmower and we would like make extra <laughs> money. My dad would so graciously let, let us use his equipment uh, to cut yards and make money in the neighborhood because we wouldn't need a trailer. We could just drive to our neighbor's house to cut their yard for extra money. And that was really good for us to learn that. And my dad allowed that to happen to kind of show us like, hey, you can be making money for yourself. And you know what? He never liked when I would like want to get a job at like target because I worked at target for a little bit when I was in high school and like probably like one or two other little jobs where it was kind of hourly. And he never really liked that. He always really loved when we could have freedom and just, we were able to work and, and do things more um, like kind of on our own time and be our own boss. So he's kind of always told me to do that. Um, and so that's why I think that the whole family is kind of that way. It's kind of rubbed off. And I've always been a big proponent of that in our family and to our friends. I'm always trying to say, Hey, look, like, especially in entertainment, I mean, you know how it is. You, you have to be a jack of all trades. You know what I mean? You have to be, 
you, you can't just have a podcast. You got to, you got to be a creator. You got to be expanding. You got to be on multiple platforms. So I feel like nowadays it's kind of innate with a lot of these modern creators. They know how to really market themselves a lot. So it's always a learning experience. And as you know, the landscape has changed a lot over the past few years, but I would say definitely my dad um, has been so inspirational in that way. And, you know, it's just, it's always a journey and, uh, you know, things kind of always happen. Like they always unfold like the way that you would never think. Like I moved out to LA in 2012 to do acting into music, you know, just, I was always going to say, I'm going to attack both and whatever happens first, I'll go with that. And then I'll switch and do the other thing. And then as you know, social media was around in 2013, but it wasn't the booming business it is now. So we weren't really trying to do that. We were just trying to entertain and I couldn't afford a camera in 2013. So I just liked using the phone and there was Instagram and there was Vine and, you know, on the phone, you could produce your own content on the low, you know what I mean? (laughs) On the cheap. So that's where it all kind of started. And um, yeah, it's, it's been quite the journey, man. Oh my gosh. So this is crazy. You, I mean, man, when are we going to bring back the, uh, the John's lawn business? Cause it sounds like this thing was really killing it. <laughs> hey, listen, I mean, it, it was killing, especially for my dad. Like it was a great way to like supplement his income as a firefighter. And, uh, just, you know, he gave us a great life, you know, like we, we were, we were middle-class, you know, growing up and, but we were, we were always able to have like a nice vacation every year. Like my dad would like take a skiing and we would go to the Florida Keys. Uh, and it's so funny because I, like I tease my dad. We always tease my dad about being cheap because like, even when we went skiing, he was still trying to save money. Like he would, he would like make sandwiches and we would like eat sandwiches we made on the, on the ski hill and bury our Gatorades in the snow, like on the, like the ski trails, like doing little <laughs> things like that. And looking back, I would always make fun of him for that. But it's like, the guy was so smart. He would, he would use his money for experiences and to go skiing, he would pay for the flights for five people, you know, him and my mom, they, they would take us and put us in, we would get a place, but then we would also do things like eat on the cheap or make lunch and go out to dinner like one time on the trip. And so it was very important. And my dad told me this many, many years ago. He's like, my goal was to create experiences with the family and not, have things, you know, like we grew up on a, on a nice house and we had like some acreage. We lived in like, um, like a kind of a, like a horse community, like a ranch community, like back in, back in Florida. Right. And it was just, it was just so cool that, that my dad valued that. And I'm kind of carrying that over now. And I'm not so much worried about things all the time. You know what I mean? Like I've been, we've been so blessed and we have a lot of great things, but now as I, I've, I've gotten older, I've started to understand why, like how, my dad and my mom did certain things. It was because it was the memories that you never forget because sure you every Christmas, I guarantee you, you don't remember what you got for Christmas three years ago and probably five, 10, 12 years ago. You have no idea at this point, but I guarantee you, you do remember a vacation with your family or you remember a trip or a road trip or something. Those are the memories that stick out, which it's so brilliant that my dad focused on that for the family. And we have so many great memories of just being together and having fun experiences, you know? That is so awesome. And I feel like there's a lot of resilience that they kind of instilled in you guys because of that, because it was like, well, don't just have that that one source of income, be doing something else. And, you know, don't kind of get comfortable. You always have to be up on it. So, with getting set in the digital space, you know, at this point, you're doing well on social media, things, you know, are taking off. So, what was 
one of the hardest things for you when starting out? Because I know a lot of people might not have been given that kind of resilient spirit. So what were you doing when doors weren't opening? And and what did you kind of tell yourself mentally to keep going forward? Oh, man, it was so hard. Like looking back now, seeing where I am so many years later and, and looking back and meeting kids now that are just coming to L.A. and doing all this stuff. I just look back and I think of my parents, my mom and dad, when I told them like, Hey guys, I'm going out to California. And what's funny was they were not going to let me do it until I gave them, (laughs) I say gave them, but when I presented my college degree is when they were going to be okay with me going out there, which I know the landscape has totally changed now on how people approach college. And I'm so glad that I went and got my, my bachelor's degree and I had a great college experience. No, no complaints about it. Um, but that my parents wanted that validation of me completing school before I went out to LA. And I remember coming out to LA and I wrote a song about this. This is actually in my song, 99 civic. I legitimately came out to LA with less than a thousand dollars. And listen, I, I I know a thousand dollars is that's a good amount of money, but when you come out to LA with your car and a thousand dollars, you, you can't make it through one month of rent with that money. Do you know what I mean? So I just, to this day, I just kind of wonder like, what the heck were my parents thinking <laughs> by, by, by letting me make such a move? And I'll never forget, I ne- I'll never forget coming into LA. And I, I, I guess the highway I came in, I came in on I-10, I guess, or it's the, you know, the highway that basically enters downtown LA before cutting North to yeah. come to like where we live here in the Valley. But when I, when I saw the city in my car, and I just, I need to talk about my car for a second. And I, I did a whole <laughs> song about my car, but my car, I drove from Florida to LA. Okay. First of all, which is already insane. I mean, this is the sacrifice I made for my dream. I legit drove my car, a 1999 Honda Civic, and it was stick shift, no cruise control. Oh my gosh. So the foot was on the gas for four days. You know what I mean? Like driving, driving across the country. So it was a heck of a drive. And I just remember pulling up into the city, into like the huge buildings of downtown LA. And I just remember feeling like the smallest fish. I was like, what? Like when, when you see it in front of you, when it like confronts you in person, when you're just driving, you're just like, and you see all the traffic and all these people, you're like, wow, I'm just one human being in this huge heartbeat of a city. You know what I mean? It's just, it was so much, but Man, it was so hard, but I have to say I'm so blessed because even like the two years that like I I struggled pretty hard and I kind of get into that, it still happened for me like at such a, it was enough time for me to kind of like stress and struggle a little while, but then I started getting some momentum by like year three and by year four, I was kind of on my feet and I had stuff going. And I just have to say that was a huge blessing. And that's, I would say that's rare. Like for sure, it starts happening for people even sooner, but for me, it was just enough time to be so thankful for the struggle that I went through. But at the same time, I felt so blessed and still felt like one in a million in terms of like how I was able to kind of gain a little bit of momentum. But in terms of your question, I would just say like the mindset is crazy. And the younger you are, I feel like as a person and you're kind of going for your dream, the more bold and brave you are, you just think you can conquer the world. And the reality is you can. And that mindset that I had of, you know, being the kid who grew up and who was doing shows and who did a movie or two, like before coming out to LA and thinking he could do it. That is kind of what carried me over the line of not throwing in the towel after, after like one year. And to be honest with you, I'll just tell you straight up on the show. Like 
I almost gave up one time, like straight up and thank God for my parents for encouraging me to not like kind of throw in the towel, even though I, I wasn't going to give up on the business or my acting, but I was going to like probably leave LA for a while because I would just, I was just so, I was so torn about what happened. And I basically got very, very close to booking a role um, on a TV show. It was going to be a series regular. And I went in and I screen tested with, with five other guys for the role. And sadly, I did not get the role after they actually had me sign contracts. Because when you get so far down the line of getting like called back to be on a show, they actually make you sign contracts before you even get the show in case they choose you, if you, if you get what I'm saying. Right. Um, just the way the process works. And so, I mean, think about that. Like you sign a contract and it, w- it was a salary job. It was going to be like making like pretty great money starting out. And I found out I didn't get it. And it was legitimately the same time when I found out like I didn't get this, that I, I was basically kind of out of money at the same time. Um, and that's when I called my parents and I was like, honestly, guys, like, I don't, I don't know if I can do this. Like this was, th- this was so detrimental. And I had, the thing was I had faced so much rejection my whole life in entertainment. You know, like I was auditioning ever since I was 12 years old for projects in Florida because I lived in Florida and I kind of worked out of the, the little Miami entertainment hub. So for so long, I was going on auditions and I knew the feeling of not getting something, but this was different because I was older, like I was an adult and I was kind of at the wire. See, when I got declined as a kid, I would just go back home and like live with my parents and life was fine. But now the stakes were higher. I was in LA. I needed money. I was on my own. And meanwhile, Lexi and I were doing long distance at this time, which was already extremely hard and stressful. So I basically... I I kind of got to the end of my own will, but then I had people that really inspired me and really encouraged me to keep going. And that is the second part to like your question. And I think you need to be, have a lot of self-belief, but it's very important that you have like-minded people, friends, family, people that really believe in you, not just the, Hey, I believe in you. You can make your dreams happen. Like, no, like I'm, I'm there supporting you. Like while you're in the trenches, like going for this dream and I'm not going to tell you to like quit and do this plan B. Oh my um, god! So, so that's kind of the, the short that uh, well, not short. It was I would say it was the medium <laughs> length version of how I tell the story. But I just think that your confidence going into what you're going to go for is so important. You have to know that it's going to happen for you. the The asterisk is just it's just a matter of when. So, so know it's going to happen. Know you're going to gain momentum but you have to be in it for whatever you're doing for the long haul. It's kind of like when Lexi and I are like auditioning and we're going out for projects and we're like, well, you know, there've been people that have popped off so quick and who work all the time in acting. And there are people who worked a lot and then they stopped and now they don't work as much. And I said, this whole business is a pendulum and you can be getting so much work. And with social media, you can be getting so many followers. And then three years later, you're not gaining as much followers. And how do you push through that? Well, from the beginning, since a kid, I, I had made the decision already. Like I was in this for the long haul. Like I love the business. I love performing. I love creating. I love making music. So regardless of where the mountain is, if it's, if I'm at the top or I'm, if I'm kind of in a Valley, I'm in this for the long haul. And that's the difference between me and these other people who come out to LA for just a minute and be like, let me see the vibe. Let me check out if I want to be famous. And if I want to be this big person, it's like, no, like before social media, before there were followers, period, like I was wanting to act and be in projects and do the stuff. So if it's authentic to you in your heart, whatever that may be, if it's being an entrepreneur, if it's being a business owner, if it's being an entertainer, if it's being a YouTuber, whatever it is, if it's in your heart and it's really your drive, you're going to basically 
make it happen regardless of what the immediate outcome is. And you're going to stick with it until you start creating your own momentum and kind of manifesting what's going to happen, you know? Oh my gosh. Well, what I love about what you said is something that I feel like is such a a millennium like or millennial crisis, if that makes any sense. It's like people think I'm going to go right in and I'm going to get the corner office and like life's going to be great. And I love that you literally just debunked that whole myth right there because it does take a ton of work. And oddly, your story really hit me. And I didn't I didn't think it would, but it did because like I literally live in Florida. I'm from the Valley and my family's in entertainment. So I'm getting everything you're saying and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so crazy. In a lot of ways, our stories kind of intersect and I'm like, oh my gosh, like that's, thank you for saying that because I think a lot of people really needed to hear that because it does. It requires sacrifice. It takes a lot of work and you're not just going to roll up, kick your feet up in the corner office and say, look, oh, it took me one day. Here I am. You know, mm-hmm. you can't just start your Instagram and have thousands of followers immediately. Like, I mean, it's going to happen for someone, but 99% of people, it's just not going to happen. So I love that you kind of gave a really raw look at what it takes because mm-hmm. there is that whole thing of, I'm going to go to LA and I'm going to be an actor and blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to start booking all these roles. But people don't understand the amount of time you spend auditioning completely outweighs the time you spend on a set. You're, you're right. I mean, and that's, that's why I think that people need to start understanding like the reality and what you said with like the immediate followers or the immediate plays and whatever. I've seen it from every angle. Like I've seen people with millions of followers complain about their engagement that that's like, not, oh, I didn't get a few hundred thousand on this. I got only multiple thousands on this. And I'm just like, that up and coming creator, if they were to get a thousand likes, that is like huge dream come true type level of stuff. And you have people at all different levels complaining about, you know, like everyone is never going to be satisfied where they're at when it comes to like numerical things. Think about it. When it comes to followers, when it comes to number of followers, when it comes to amount of money, what do you want more when you've hit when you've hit a certain thing or a certain goal? Like you want to go beyond it. And that's just how it is all the way up. You know, it's like your follower problems and your money problems never get solved. But what is going to transcend that is doing what you love doing and seeing results that are not just numerical. Like you have to be able to create results for yourself. You have to be creating great content. You got to be having a great podcast with a great conversation. That's more valuable than getting you know, a hundred thousand or a 1 million views on a video that was like put minimal effort worth or some, or a video or something you created that kind of pandered to getting those views, but you don't, you're not really proud of it. Like there's just no point in doing things that are not authentic, the most authentic to you, regardless of the outcome. Because first of all, there's an audience for everything. I think like no matter what the niche is, like there, there's an audience for it. And I just think that you're on a path to quickly be more fulfilled in life if you kind of just do what's authentic to you and you don't worry about those other items and don't worry about how fast it takes for things to happen. Because guess what? I know people that from 2003 that I met in LA that are like, they're still grinding. They're still, they're still acting. They're still auditioning and they're still in the trenches doing their thing, but they love the dream so much that they're not, they're not going to give it up. And they've been, they've been doing that for almost, they've, they've been putting in almost 20 at this point. Oh do you know what I mean? Gosh. Yeah, no, I, I completely resonate with you there. That is crazy. And I really do think whatever you're going to do, 
be good at it, be passionate about it. But I do feel like a lot of people kind of sit there and go, well, I don't have a passion or I don't have my thing. And so I think, Mm -hmm. you know, it gets a little blurry there, but we'll go into that in a little bit. I want to talk a little bit more about um, boundaries because being in entertainment, it can be very difficult. You're going to be forced uh, in a lot of ways to kind of go over your boundaries and you have to say yay or nay on that. So I know that you are a fellow Christian. And so mm-hmm. I want to know what it's been like for you in terms of those personal boundaries, because I'm assuming that you probably have things that you're like, oh, that would be a definite no for me. So what is that like for you and how do you approach those situations? Because that's another thing that I think is so relevant, not only in just entertainment, but in daily life for kids at school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Moral boundaries is a constant battle. It's a, not a battle, but it's a, it's a constant, um, it's a discussion always in entertainment because it's kind of like, what are you willing to do to like be in the, in, you know, to do this role in this project or what are you willing to do on YouTube to like, make sure you're getting the views and, what are you willing to clickbait and what are you willing to talk about? I, I'm different. Like my family is different. Like we're not, I don't care how many views like I could be getting, or I don't care how many streams I could be getting if I was talking about this subject. It's just not authentic to me. And I'm not saying I'm this great, perfect person who lives this. I, I'm not just like this. Oh, the, the super Christian guy. It's just, that would just not be authentic to me. Like I'm a married man. I just turned 30 years old. I can't be doing content or things that are not authentic to me. And that, and I think it just all goes back to authenticity and like who you are. Um, but I have a certain set of morals that I, I've stuck by in, in the business since I was very, very young. It goes very, very far back. Like, cause, because you would be auditioning for things. And then once you, for example, were to get the role or once you've read the full script, you would find out that there is a scene that was not in the audition that you never read yet in this project that you would have to be willing to do that you didn't know about beforehand. So one particular instance for me, I, there are several examples of of this. Lexi deals with this all the time with auditions and like what certain projects are calling for you to do. You know what I mean? There was one film that I, that I went out for, and this was probably in 2010, I think. Um, And I booked the role. I went in for the audition and I booked the role. And then I got the full script, read the full script, and then just, read this horrid scene that was in this movie that was not that I didn't know I had to do that didn't know that was in there um just kind of a very like raunchy scene that was certainly very not comfortable that I would ever want to do do you know what I mean so after reading that part I was both disappointed and I was also happy because I know that I did not like fall to like you know what I mean like the 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 wayside essentially when it comes to like my morals and what I stand for as a human, I had to say no to the project. And that was painful because everybody, every up and coming actor knows like how important it is to like have credits and you need to have experience and like, Oh, what have you been in? And when you're going out for roles, like casting people like to know, like, have you worked recently? Like, what have you been in? So a lot of people, and this is what happens in Hollywood. A lot of people do projects that are against their morals and it kind of like shifts their mindset And they did that not because they were comfortable with it, but because they felt like they needed the job. They felt like they needed the credit. So they did stuff they were not so comfortable with. And then it kind of starts becoming a thing and you do more projects like that. And then all of a sudden you start to see like your mentality shift. You know what I mean? So one thing I 
I decided many, many years ago. And like my family feels the same way. Like I think that everybody follows suit and I have to thank my mom for this. My mom was always standing by me when I was young, when I was auditioning, my mom would not put up with the bull. She would not put up with like, Oh, in this commercial, like we don't want it to say it's a paid act. We want it to seem like it's really you like acting the thing out. Like if it was like for like a brand or something like that, like I remember there was one project I went out for when I was really young that my mom, it came down to like a contractual thing. Um, and basically my mom was like, you know what? No, he's not going to do this. And it was painful as a kid. Cause I'm like, wait, I really wanted this opportunity. I really wanted this job or this commercial, but I got to thank my mom because she kind of always protected me in that way. And then as I got older, I just realized to myself and even to this day with my music and with my acting and, and a, the same goes for uh, Lexi and it doesn't matter. Like, I don't care that if I'm going to get even more opportunities or if I'm going to blow up bigger or uh, if I create this drama or do this certain thing, like I'm going to become even more famous in this. It's just, it's not about that for us. And we're only interested in doing good projects that we're going to be proud to see in 10 years and proud for our kids to see. And one of my things when I was auditioning for projects is I was thinking of my little sister Shelby at the time, who was obviously very young, you know, when I was a teenager, but I said, would I want my sister to see this? Would I want my sister to see this project? And if I'm doing something inappropriate, would I be comfortable with this? So I didn't care from the beginning if I was going to sacrifice my career or how big I was going to get, quote unquote. I'm going to stand by my morals and I'm just going to live so much better that way. And I have, and I'm so grateful. I'm so blessed that I kind of stuck with my path. I never did even brand deals, like even paid opportunities where I was having to do something or do whatever or say something that was uncomfortable. I just, I never did that. I always stuck to my guns and I always stuck to what I felt was right. And I feel like that God has blessed me because of that, you know? Yeah. I was actually just about to say, I'm like, you will be so blessed for, turning those things down because the Bible is very clear in saying, you know, in everything you do, do it as if you're serving the Lord. And if it's like, if you wouldn't want, you know, him seeing that, then why would you do it? And I know so many believers that they're like, it's just a job, you know, and, and they blow everything else out of the water because it's like, oh, well, but this is just a job. I just, I have to do it. It's part of the job. And, and it's like, no, but the job and you are not separate. So whatever you do, and this goes for anyone outside of entertainment as well, whatever you're doing, whatever you're allowing and putting yourself into, make sure that it A, lines up with your morals and B, that you would be proud of what you're doing. Because I think the main thing you were saying, Cody, was basically, you know, if you're not going to be proud of it in five years, don't do it. And if I mm -hmm. swear so many people would avoid heartache and pain if they just thought about that. So I love that statement. And, you know, going into everything with with how you started, you know, with auditioning and entertainment, then you kind of went into the more social media side of things. Mm -hmm. I know that a lot of our listeners are between like 18 and 30. So like, you know, millennial, Gen Z. Um, right. So I know a lot of listeners right now have said, I am like having trouble finding a career. I don't know what my passion is. And I know we kind of touched on this before, but what would you, or maybe some advice that you would have, I guess would be better for anyone that is like, I don't have that thing because I know you were basically saying that this was something that you were passionate about from a young age. So mm -hmm. was it a shift for you when you kind of did see like, oh, social media is going a little bit better or, oh, I really want to start going into my music because that's been my passion. What was that like? And what would you say to someone who is sort of searching for their thing? 
Yeah. So like two parts, I would say to the, the most recent thing you said about social media and going into music, like I had to go back to my roots. I had to go back after doing social media, like so heavily for so long. And I have nothing, I have nothing bad to say about social media. It's been so great to me. I've been able to make a great living, you know, me and Lexi, you know, we, we live great lives. And the thing was after so many years of doing something that was kind of like God sent me this blessing of social media, I believe, so that I could like basically take care of my family and then begin to pursue like even further dreams that I've had. Do you know what I'm saying? I always think that that's like kind of like what God did in my life um, because I initially came out for acting and music. And so now it's so great that I'm tapping back into that. And it was great timing because in the past seven years, I've really learned who I am as a person. It's really helped me as an artist to really write stuff that is very even like more hyper authentic to me. You know, it's, it's me learning the past few years of like what I'm able to do and the type of content I'm able to write very comfortably. Uh, and I, and I want to, I want to segue this into the dream thing for people like not who are unsure about what they're supposed to do. I just think that I wanted to tap back into like the original reason I came to LA, which was like for acting and for doing music um, and I was always kind of like, I was a big fan of Justin Timberlake and I was a big fan of Dick Van Dyke and some of the entertainers who were able to do like kind of a little of everything, you know, people who could act, people who could do movies and do music projects and then like host a show. Like another dream of mine one day is to be kind of like a Fallon or, or, you know what I'm saying? Of that, of that sort, you know, when I'm older, that would be such a cool job for me. Cause I love talking. I love doing this kind of stuff with you. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, this is really cool. And so I think that it was a decision I had to make, like starting the music project a few years ago, even though it was a direction that was so different, it was something that was on my heart that I had to do for my own well-being, like my own personal fulfillment. Like I needed to do this music stuff because this was like an original dream. And so I think a lot of times, you know how people go to college and they'll do a degree and then they'll not work in their degree. Essentially, I did that with my career, but it was still amazing. Like the career was still, an, it's still, and it still is an amazing career, like working in the digital space, working with brands, uh, you know what I mean? Working on, on content and stuff like that. Um, and that's never going away, which is so great. I mean, God, you know, fingers crossed, but it's, it's going well and I don't think it's going anywhere, but it'll always be there. But it was a shift of of what I was working on day to day. Like it was a shift in me going, no, I want to start really working on this music project and going for my dream, which is the classic cliche going for your dream thing. But I'm, I've waited a few more years after I kind of like rode this wave. And I think that sometimes life throws waves at you where you can capitalize. And I think that a lot of people may see that when they're going for their dream, they'll have this deviation and I think that if it's beneficial in different ways, I think it's fine to do stuff like that. I think it's okay if a plan B is unfolding, but you have to be fulfilling your dream. And then I'll segue this into the people who are maybe unsure of that. And I just want to say, I'm like you in many ways because I feel like, and I wrote a song about this called Eyes on You. I say that I'm never good at one thing, but I got a lot of hobbies. And I think that maybe people would, would disagree and say, no, you're great at this, but I feel like I'm not great. Like I'm not like a gold medalist, it, like per se in one thing. Like, I feel like I'm good at several different things and I can do a lot of things. I feel like I'm a true entertainment jack of all trades because I do almost everything, but it's kind of the, it's kind of like the weird cousin of not knowing what you're supposed to do, period. Which the one thing that I will say to people who are kind of in that boat and they're struggling, they're unsure 
I don't care how old you are. If you're 18 or if you're 30 and you're like, man, like what, like, I don't know what I'm supposed to go into. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I think you need to take some time and you need to reflect and you need to look at your skill set and look at your natural abilities for a second. I think I said a tweet about this the other day. I can't remember exactly what I said, but it was basically saying the skill set or whatever is comfortable for you as a human and what you're just innately good at or the knack that you have. I think that that's God's way of telling you, this is something that I gave you. Like, are you good at talking? Are you good at writing and typing stuff out? Are you good at like coming up with a melody? Do you, are you a poet? Is it easy for you to like drill stuff together with wood and make little projects? And like everybody I think has an innate talent and an innate knack for something. And they're just, they're better than the average person at it for just no reason at all beyond God just gave you that gift. So I think that there's no rush in doing it, but I would say to those people, take some time and really reflect. And what are you good at doing? Like, even if you don't love it, even if it's not like your favorite thing ever, but what are you really good at? I think that through life, God gives us a few clues throughout life. And I think that really looking at what you have been naturally given is a clue from God at saying, Hey, if you were to go in this direction and you maybe expand on this little skill or this knack or this gift that I gave you, I can maybe turn that into something more. Dude, I love that you said that. I was just before you started going into that going to ask, do you feel like this career was something that you had gifts, talents, and abilities in and it was just a very natural thing because I feel like when we're so good at something, we almost overlook it and we're like, no, that's too easy. But it's like, no, that might be the very thing that you are called to do because it does come naturally to you. So I love that. And I love that it's something that you kind of took into consideration when when doing things. You're like, OK, well, what am I good at? Oh, I like this. I like that. And like you were saying, you know, you love talking and you love like making people laugh. So this makes sense for you. So I think a lot of people needed to hear that because like I was saying, it is such a natural thing to you that it's like, and eh, whatever, it must be, it's too easy. I have to go do something else. So right. I, I absolutely agree with you there. And I feel like another big problem since we're kind of talking about millennials and whatnot is uh-huh. social media, because I mean, stats are on the rise. Social media is causing all kinds of things like anxiety and depression and comparison is uh-huh. a huge one. But Um, since it is such like a a blessing and a curse, how have you been able to use social media in the opposite way of trying to be a light and kind of speak through to those things and give people something else to look at that isn't just like, oh, this perfect person over there and they're just living their life and doing all these amazing things and, you know, wish I was like them because I feel like we're all so prone to fall into the comparison trap. So how have you been able to use your platform and um, your social media in a good way? Well, first of all, everybody deals with it. Let me just say like, nobody's alone in that. The biggest creators, like you'd be surprised how many of like the, the bigger creators, like they struggle with it. Like they're, they're doing the same thing. They're looking online, they're comparing their lives And like, look, like I struggle with it too. I would say that I'm not the kind of person that looks at like, for example, another guy and I'm like, I want that guy's life. I feel like the thing that kind of gets me down on myself is if I'm not kind of meeting a, and and it's a false expectation, but if I'm not meeting a false expectation, that's kind of what gets me down with social media. Like if I'm like, 
oh, I like, I'm not as consistent as I was posting or like, you know, it's not getting as many likes as this other thing. And like all that stuff is so out of my control with the algorithms. Like that's not even up to me. Like, you know what I mean? It's kind of like Instagram, like deciding not to show your photo to all these things. Like there's so many factors that are just out of your hands. But the first thing I would say is to the people is you're not alone, that you're, you're certainly not alone um, in, in the way you feel. And believe me, like I could go on for a very long time and tell you the struggle of working in the space. Like imagine if you had to work in the space and it's also this big tripwire, like social media is such kind of a, it can be a depressive and an anxiety, you know, fused tripwire and you having to work in the space like every day. That's why like, I, I made a video about this, but I limit my social media intake to one hour a day. I'm not on social media more than one hour a day. I have barely enough time to basically post what I want to post for the day and scroll on the timeline aimlessly if I want to and check a few stories. And then you know how fast time goes on social media. It just goes like a blip. You know what I mean? And people are on their phones for five hours and they're not, not even blinking. Um, but to talk about like the, like the reality of it, I guess, like I, this, sometimes I tell Lexi, I'm like, Every once in a while, I kind of wish we could sit down and make a video and tell everybody who's watching, like, hey, I, we just want to let you guys know, like, we're a real couple. We're not, like, always happy and joyful. And, you know, we're not always in love on the screen, like, like all the time. Like, I, I wish we could kind of, like, re-remind people, even though I haven't found a way to do this. Like, we used to do it more often in, like, past videos. But, you know, when you're making content and you're filming stuff, you're kind of just, like filming it and you're, you're obviously in your, you're in a good mood because you're filming and everything is going well. But I always like to like remind people like what you see on social media, it's not that it's fake. It's not that it's fake. Some of it's put on, some of it is a little bit like it can be slightly acted out, but I would say like, we're very, very authentic with who we are and like what we're putting out. But regardless, everybody's putting out the highlight reel. Everyone's putting out the best of the best of what's going on in their lives. No one's I would say not no one, but it's rare that someone's going on and posting every time that they're feeling down or depressed. Like I feel like I did a few times in 2019 because it's really how I was feeling about, I was just feeling down. I was in a very transitional period of my life. You know, I was like turning 30 and you know, you're in entertainment, which is a young man's game. And sometimes I've like thought, you know, you have all these preconceived fake thoughts that like, Oh, of all this stuff that's against you. And it's just not real at all. So a really amazing thing that's happened to me this year is, is realizing that so much is not in your control. You know what I mean? And just having faith and reflecting on how blessed I've already been and how blessed I already am. And that's been, um, that's been a really good way for me to like, just understand that life is not as bad as you think it is. But the, to answer your question, I would say like, I think everyone just needs a happy reminder that, Hey, look, we're all on social media. We're all showing our lives. It may be, it may seem like a heightened part of our life. You know what I mean? It may seem like kind of like it can be life on steroids, but at least me, at least I'm sitting here telling you it's not always roses all the time. There are certainly hard times. Um, and I would like to like find more ways of kind of relating on relating to people on a more real level, like, especially in a YouTube video, if we are, if me and Lexi ever do a sit down video and go, Hey guys, like, I know you guys are always saying couple goals and like, you guys are so, you know, the most in love and the perfect couple. And like, I don't like the word perfect at all because I'm just not that I'm just so far from that. And I just want people to realize like from the jump, like 
we're not claiming to be that. And I feel like a lot of the YouTube people and like the married people who are, you know, like so in love and, and, and like goals and, and all this stuff. And I just, I just want to be someone who's out there going, look, we, me and my wife have an amazing marriage, but it's like, there are things in life that, you know, happen and there are sad times and there can be deaths in the family. And there are things that happen that are not so peachy. And I feel like my wife and I have done a really good job at just telling the truth in that way and not trying to seem like everything is all happy and face tune all the time. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Bring some reality into, uh, I guess, kind of into reality or what reality is supposed to be like on social media, but, you know, trying to keep it as genuine as possible. Right. Exactly. And I hope, I know I kind of went on a tangent a little bit. I hope that <laughs> I kind of answered the question in a, in a, in a roundabout way. No, no, that was perfect. Cause I do think this is where a lot of people are at. And thankfully I think with things like, you know, the screen time, little reminder on iPhones and, and things of that nature, mm-hmm. you get a little bit of a wake up call of like, um, yeah, you've been scrolling for, you know, two and a half hours, like get some other work done. <laughs> Cause I think yes. like you were saying, it's so easy to fall into it. And then you're minutes and minutes in and you're like, oh, great, I've just wasted all this time that I could have been doing something else. So I love that. And I think that with what you were saying about trying to keep things as realistic and genuine as possible is something that I feel like everybody's sort of trying to make the turn to. And granted, it's probably a little bit difficult because no one wants to air their junk out on social media. But um, trying to remember that, yeah, if I am having a crappy day, like, do I need to go post it everywhere? No, but at least be genuine and don't put something out that isn't isn't reality for you. So right. that's so awesome. And you had so many white card moments this episode, dude. This was awesome. <laughs> and I, if you don't know what a white card moment is, guys, it's basically when someone says something that's super accurate or on point and awesome and you're just like waving your white card in the air, if you... <laughs> If you went to a super traditional church, you guys would know. But um, thank you so much for coming on, Cody. This has been an awesome episode. And you guys, if you do not currently follow Cody, you can find him on Instagram at Cody. Super nice uh, handle there. You got like out of all the Cody's. That's for another podcast. I can talk about all that crazy stuff. Oh, my gosh. But oh, my gosh. That's awesome. Well, hey, you know what? You got it. So you won. (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) guys definitely check out his music on spotify and apple music as well and if you do not currently follow their youtube channel he and his wife lexi who he mentioned in the episode have an awesome youtube channel it's cody and lexi if you want to go check that out and if you want to follow the podcast we are on instagram at dude i love that podcast and pretty much everywhere else on social media at dude i love that podcast but thank you again so much cody and this was an awesome episode Thanks for having me, Liv. This is amazing. And I wish you more success with this thing. It was so much fun. Loved it. Once again, huge shout out to you, Cody, for doing this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And guys, catch us back here with a brand new episode every other Wednesday. So not this coming Wednesday, but the next one, you'll have a brand new episode. And be sure to keep up with us online at dudeilovethat.com. Bye. Bye.